0: I just want to welcome you back to another episode with yours truly, DJ Lopez, here at Life Coach 180. Thank you. I am so blessed by you guys just hitting play and just joining me to my friends and my family that we connect every single week. From the bottom of my heart, I love you guys. And we're part of this huge mission together. Special shoutouts go out to Poland. United Arab Emirates Portugal and here in the United States in Nevada our boxing state joins us I mean compare that with New York City I got you guys but man I am so pumped up and so we're going to be talking about in this episode is how to handle hurts something that is very delicate that we all struggle with if we're all honest with each other some can handle pain a lot easier than others Some it's like a heavy boulder that can crush us And others we can actually kind of work around it And so if you're the one that's been going through it Or maybe you know somebody that's been going through Share this So let's pray Father I just pray That uh, we will lock in together Lord that the words that are coming from our heart Will truly reach them Lord Wherever they might be in the country Or in the world or in our nation Lord, pain is serious and and it's difficult to handle, either self-inflicted or caused by someone else, but we don't have to live in a prison. And so, Lord, I pray that the words that I share will just kind of unlock our hearts to truly understand that we can overcome it, that we can overcome pain, that we can overcome hurts. Lord, that we can make a difference, Lord, and, and challenge this world to be a light, so, Father, I just pray that you would be glorified in this podcast and this message and and that, Lord God, that uh, this could be a light to someone who's hurting right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. So today's story comes from the book of Amazing Stories, the man who changed Washington, our president, first president of the United States. The Reverend Peter Miller made plenty of enemies taking on the unpopular causes but none upset the town folk of Euphrates, Lancaster County more than when he left the pulpit of a Reformed church to join a commune of mystics. Michael Widman, who took over Miller's pulpit, especially hated the former pastor. In every sermon, the new preacher castigated Miller as a heretic. Whenever Miller came into town, Widman would scream insults at him. But Peter would always respond to his tormentor with a smile saying, God loves you, as do I. Later, Whitman quit his pulpit and purchased the town's tavern. When the American Revolution began, he formed a militia, but pacifist Peter Miller refused to take up arms against the British. Whitman mocked him as a coward, but the fact that Miller declined to join the militia didn't mean that he wasn't a patriot. In fact, he was one of George Washington's most trusted spies. One night when the British officers visited the tavern, Whitman cursed at them especially at the General Howe. When the Redcoats drew swords and pistols, he jumped out the window. He spent days in hiding while they combed the countryside looking for him. Fearing his life, he turned himself into the British and offered the spy for them. The loud mouth, this individual who was such a big bully, was actually now a coward. Bearing arms against the English was now spilling his guts to them. General Ha was so disgusted by Widsman's cowardice that he actually just threw him into the streets. This disgraced tavern owner returned to Euphrates under the cover of dark. When his wife found out what had happened, she actually told everyone. Now, you might think that Peter Miller rejoiced that his tormentor had been exposed as a fraud. Instead, when word came to this old enemy, that he had been sentenced to hang for treason. Check this out. Miller walked 70 miles to Valley Forge to plead for Whitman's life. General Washington responded, I'm sorry, Peter, but I cannot release your friend Michael. The Reverend replied, My friend? Sir, he's my worst enemy. Washington responded, If you walked all this way to beg for pardon for your worst enemy... That makes a difference. I'll release him to you." The pacifist took the coward by the arm and led him home. Wayman would actually pay terrible price for his treason. He lost his tavern, was despised by his wife, he even became an outcast. Peter Miller was the only one who refused to abandon him. Maybe that's why a postscript to the story is so touching. Not long ago, after Whitman's escape from the gallows, the notorious traitor Joseph Bettys had a rope around his neck when his family arrived to plead for his life. Washington was so touched that he personally removed the news from Betty. He then issued a directive to his army to show compassion towards captured enemies. Later, he issued more pardons than any president in United States history. Is it possible that the father of our country was changed The day that Peter Miller pleaded for the life of his worst enemy. Maybe we can change our world by remembering this. We will defeat our enemies when we make them our friends. According to Matthew 5, 43-44, it reads like this. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And so I want to use this as the foundation of our of our game plan today to beat hurt because Peter Miller had every reason to rejoice. When Whitman was in the gallows, he had every reason to say, you know what? This is what you deserve. But there's something that can be unlocked through compassion and there's something that can be unlocked when we can release hurt. And so I want you to live free. I want you to understand that you don't have to walk around with hurts, with pains, that God wants to deliver you, not only deliver you, but deliver the loved ones that are around you. Deliver your enemies so that we can change our community and we can change all those that we influence. So, the first thing we want to do is we want to recognize the offense for what it is. Is it intentional? Is it unintentional? Is it a misunderstanding? Listen to what your heart tells you about what happened. Usually your gut reaction is a good indicator of what you really think. However, listen to the truth behind the reaction to make sure it's not an old one coming up from your past. Choose to respond intentionally instead of reacting. So do your homework before you confront the situation. Don't kick into that system one because hurting others only brings more hurt. Allow system 3 to rule by reminding yourself love will always beat hate. According to Proverbs 19.11, good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. In other words, you become the bigger person when you can overlook it and start the healing process. Peter Miller became the true hero by forgiving his enemy. He moved our first president by influencing so many pardons. Who could your forgiveness influence? Family? Friends? Enemies? Community? The world? What about yourself? Just a thought. It starts with you. Let's look at number two. Resist the tendency to defend your position. Do you find yourself having to defend even the smallest of offenses? Is it important to you in any conversation during contention to make sure you come out on top? Be honest now. It's almost like anything served at you is vital that you serve it right back. Here are some tips from Psychology Today. If you determine that you need to confront the person who has hurt you, offer only your point of view about the incident. It's amazing how many confrontations you can defuse, removing defenses and hostility. And when you stick to what you're feeling, you give the other person permission to explain his or her point of view. Then together you can come to a consensus, hopefully resulting in mutual forgiveness. So I'm going to give you guys some quick tools. So these are some statements like, I feel when I hear this happens, can defuse a situation. But stay away from you make me feel. I hate you when you. I don't like when you. These statements are like gasoline to a fire. They only serve to rekindle the flame. See, Jesus, on the other hand, was our greatest example. When he could have unleashed his fury on the world, he chose instead to give his life for it. According to 1 Peter 2.23, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. And when he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judged. Justly. Remember that security in oneself leads to no defense. So you don't have to fight back. That actually shows that you're securing yourself. Our heavenly judge can serve as a sentence better than we can. So place those in his hands. Number three. Give up the need to be right. Let's reflect. Is it important for you to be right and make sure your point is heard? If you find you don't get your way, it infuriates you? According to psychology today, this can be an unfortunate leftover of past abuse and can escalate a bad situation into a worse one. Other people are entitled to their own thoughts and opinions. When differences of opinions arise, it does not necessarily dictate that one person is right and the other is wrong. You may simply disagree. To overpower someone or force your opinion is what you call a system one thinker. In Romans 8.10, Paul shares his insight to victory. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandment, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandments are summed up in this word, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You see, love does no wrong to his neighbor. Therefore, love is a fulfilling of the law. A system three thinker chooses to love. It's easier to build a bridge alongside someone than to build separate bridges away from someone. The need to be right is actually a sign of weakness, but when you give up the right, you will quickly find the eyes of the other person begin to open and become more understanding. Defending yourself is like fire, but loving regardless of the outcome is like rain on a hot summer day. So tool number four Recognize and apologize for anything you may have done to contribute to the situation Make certain however that is legitimate wrong or oversight not false guilt brought on by the past situations however Don't assume that past abuse gives you a pass on your responsibilities for your actions. Treating someone badly and then blaming it on something in your past does nothing in the present to help the other person. Who is it not to blame for your past abuse? So many relationships actually become a reflection of a relationship that was in the past or past hurts. So a system one thinker looks for a scapegoat or a way out. Growth can only be attained when you're willing to look in the mirror and take responsibility. The only one that you can change is you. In Proverbs 28.13 it states, Whoever conceals his transgression will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. The more you neglect the weed, the stronger it becomes. It only takes one simple weed to break the foundation of a home. System 3 thinkers are always pulling weeds and adding weed and feed to their lives to care for the foundation of their homes and relationships. So I want you to think about this. If you wanna keep your grass free from weeds, learn to weed and feed your neighbor's lawn. Now you're thinking, well, that's a waste of money. But think about the logic behind it. The more we take care of our neighbors, the more we take care of those in the perimeter, what we do is we create that barrier that keeps our side green and equate that to relationships. So take inventory of some of your hurts. What are some of the things that are hurting you right now and at this moment? And how can you actually give it away? How can you find others that are going through similar problems or similar situations? And you will be surprised how that becomes one of the keys that unlocks you to freedom. Number five, respond and don't react. I'll say it again respond, don't react. This will require you to pause long enough to take the opportunity to think and evaluate. Sometimes just waiting will add needed perspective. By responding and not just reacting, you exert control over your behavior. Past emotional abuse may have caused you to develop some pretty sensitive buttons that others can actually inadvertently push without understanding the consequences. Learning this skill will help you respond appropriately, giving your responses greater power and meaning for others. You see, a system one thinker reacts to triggers without thinking or considering the consequences. So in Proverbs 29, 22, it states, people with quick tempers cause a lot of quarreling and trouble. And a system three thinker, I want you to think about it. They consider before lighting a match the consequences. Being aware what flammable products might be around you is important when handling conflicts. If we can take the time to read the warning signs, we can prevent future explosions. And that's why it's so important that you take inventory of things that hurt you or things that can possibly trigger you. Take inventory of those that you care about what they might be going through or or maybe some past issues that can create triggers. So that you don't cause them. Number six, adopt an attitude of bridge building as opposed to attacking or retreating. A conciliatory attitude is much easier for everyone to deal with than a hostile defensive one. Practice maintaining an attitude of love and acceptance. This doesn't mean you agree with the person who's hurt you or with what he or she's done, rather, you've chosen to respond in a certain way a predetermined way. When you present your concerns with a door open to reconciliation, you should find yourself pleased at how often the other person will opt to walk through it. You see, System 1 thinkers approach conflict with a sledgehammer. The problem is, if you approach conflict like a Hulk smash attitude, once you come to your senses you regret the destructions. Proverbs fifteen one states, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You see, System 3 thinkers help others land the plane by providing the right signals and warning lights. When the fog is too thick or the storm too great, the light that we bring to the conflict will bring clarity to the runway and land the plane. So we have the opportunity to actually land the hearts and souls of others that are struggling with bitterness, that are struggling with pain, that are struggling with hurt. But we have to also contribute to helping them land the plane. Number seven, realize that you may be the target of someone's anger, but not the source of it. You may find yourself in this unviable position of being the proverbial straw that broke someone else's back. Take responsibility only for your part, and avoid falling to the trap of accepting false guilt from others. In other words, all actions that result from others is necessarily not your fault. So don't walk around blaming yourself for the choices they've made, especially results with sensitive topics such as abuse. I've learned that people who hurt others because they have been hurt themselves, display it. You see, system one thinkers take on the attitude, it's all my fault for causing the anger unleashed on me. See, this takes on a victim attitude. In Colossians 3.13, it states, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. System 3 thinkers are able to quickly move past conflict by accepting the part that caused the anger in others and embrace empathy which is the ability to sympathize with the one who's hurting. Live close to the trunk of a tree rather to its branches. You see the further you move out to the branches you'll find yourself in a fragile hostile situation where the branch will eventually break. Don't push the limit of others by adding your weight to an already weak branch. Be that system 3 thinker, don't antagonize and play with the emotions of others pursuing and learning how to push those buttons. Number 8 is very critical in something that we tend to actually dismiss. Create personal limits. This is part of reclaiming your personal power. You have the right to defend what your limits are and insist that they be respected. For example, it's okay to say no. If you feel uncomfortable with a situation or making a choice based on what others want, you don't have to do it. Be clear with others what you cannot do by allowing God's word to be your standard. Don't allow this world to be your standard. You see, a system one thinker doesn't set boundaries and allows others to cross the line. They live under the premise of the yes man, This will always lead to conflict and burnout. Be clear with your boundaries by not allowing yourself to carry the load of others by their every beckoning call. Learn to rest by disconnecting and so doing you can be refreshed. You see setting boundaries allow you to gather your strength to be effective to help others in their time of need. For more on setting boundaries you guys you can actually listen to the last podcast I did setting boundaries and live limitless. Let's go to some scripture. According to Matthew 11, 28, 30, God challenges us on how to receive proper rest. It isn't by carrying the burdens of others, but resting the load we carry on Jesus. The word reads, Come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Verse 29 goes like this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find your rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, here's a question I have for you. If the stronger is supposed to guide and direct the weaker oxen in plowing a field, who do you consider the lead oxen in your relationship? Is it Jesus? Or is it you? You? You see, if you're exhausted and you're tired, consider that you might be choosing to be the leader in the relationship. And it just doesn't work. See, if we're yoked to Jesus, then allow Him to lead properly. And I promise you that you'll find that rest. And lastly, number nine. Realize that even if someone has hurt you, that need not take away your personal happiness. Remember, you are in charge of your attitude and response. You can get over it and go on. If the hurt was unintentional, ask yourself, Man, why am I magnifying it by holding on to it? If the hurt was intentional and forgiven, ask yourself, If the person has asked for my forgiveness and moved on, why am I still stuck in this point with this pain? If the hurt was intentional or unforgiving, tell yourself, I choose to forgive the pain the person caused me so I can move past it. Now reassert yourself and determine to be happy. You see, that's a choice you should reserve for yourself. A system one thinker never moves past hurts caused by others and struggles with forgiveness. They live patrolling the inmate cell, refusing to go home. But in Ephesians 4.32 it states, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. System 3 thinkers know how to move forward and forgive. They know how to relinquish the keys in a prison cell. The bitter pill is no longer prescribed to them by others. Martin Luther King Jr. once shared, We must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. As long as a flower is kept in darkness, void of the light, it'll never grow. An unforgiving attitude will remain in darkness which will limit the growth in the relationship. So my challenge is, live in the light of forgiveness. Here's what I want you to do. Man, I challenge you to listen to the podcast again, but this time... I want you to make a check for each point. For example, the first point that I made, analyze it and say am I a 3 or am I a 1, right? Do the same thing for 2, 3 and so on. And what I want you to do is at the very end start adding how many 1's you represent and how many 3's you represent. And so what you'll be able to do is kind of take inventory of how you're handling hurts and how are you processing that and share that with somebody else. Like I said, do the homework together. I promise you that this will be so rewarding and so fulfilling. I've seen how it's freeing me every day. Is it easy? Not at all, but it's worth it. And this is the reason why I wanna spend the time with you right here sharing my heart, that you can be free from hurt, you can be free from pain. You have the opportunity to guide others with these tools. These are my tools. These are now your tools that you can give away. So let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to really reflect and look at the tools you've given us about how to handle hurts and pains. God, I pray that that this has touched them. I pray that you can begin to manipulate and, and, and soothe their heart and just to remind them how special they are. They don't have to walk around bashing themselves with so much pain or abuse that they faced. that they have the keys now to unlock freedom. Jesus, you've given us that freedom. And so I pray that we get to know who you are, that the yoke that we're carrying that you will now carry. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for this message that, that you've downloaded and uh, to our hearts. I pray that it will just touch and, and resonate in such a deep way in the name of jesus and the love of the Father and the power of holy spirit amen and please leave a comment if this has really resonated uh guys like i said you can email me at djlopez7 at verizon.net and there's other handles that we have um the informational text that i have the links that i have The resources that I have are going to be right there in Anchor and also Spotify so that you can actually go ahead and click those links. You can go to djlopez.org and you're going to be able to see all the different resources that I have just for you. And so until our next one, be safe. Continue to apply and continue to just be that light that you are. Just know that you're loved.